0: Welcome to Twice Born Podcast, I'm Mike Bailey. If you haven't already, please go to the website twiceborn.net. If you would like to reach out, please email twicebornministry at gmail.com. Enjoy. You never know when it's your last chance to hear this message. You might be here today and this is God reaching out to you, and you never know how many more times you're going to be able to hear that. And it's sobering for me, the importance of allowing God to speak as clearly as he can, because it's not my message, it's his message. And he wants all of us to know this truth. And he wants everyone that we meet to know this truth, because this is the answer to all of life. The whole issue of death, the whole issue of the problem and messiness of this world is solved in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel is centric to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus so we have a lot of traditions in my family. I don't know if you have any traditions today. We had an awesome time going to the park. We were with seven other churches there to celebrate the resurrection as we watched the sunrise and, and got to experience worship with other churches. What an amazing uh, privilege it was to be a part of that. But you know, in our family, we have some traditions. You have some traditions. Our culture has some traditions. I'm not quite sure what chocolate eggs have to do with Easter. They seem to be pretty popular, especially if they have a caramel in the middle. Um, Many people, there's so many, how many different types of jelly beans are there now? I mean, there are so many different types of jelly beans, it's mind-boggling all the different flavors that are available. So one of the things, uh, some of you know of this thing that I'm not a huge fan of called Pinterest. How many know about Pinterest? Anybody know about Pinterest? All right, well, this is where you get ideas um, for holidays or any part of life uh, so that you can implement these ideas and do fun and exciting things with your friends and family, and so our family decided we would take an idea from Pinterest when my children were very young. And uh, the night before Easter, Sunday morning, we would go out and we would plant jelly beans. And we would uh, make sure that we spread them out. And then in the morning, miraculously, those jelly beans would grow up to be dum-dums. <laughs> and it just so happened, it just so happened that dad had to have to get up really early even extra early, and bend over a million times, putting these things in the ground. To, But you know, the interesting thing to me was as my son got a little bit older, he'd be like, because uh, he was learning in school. He'd say, Dad, how, how does the water get to them? And, and where are their roots? And, and how do they get nourishment from the soil? And I said, son, you're overthinking this. <laughs> And I knew it was probably time to move on. But then we would bring them all in, and, and if you go to the next slide, we'd have a beautiful bouquet of dum-dums. Now, I don't know if I was the dum-dum for doing this, but uh, it was something we did. But you know the interesting thing about this is we all have things we do, and we're not sure why we do them. And I think there's a lot of people today that are saying that same question of why is this a celebration? What, is, what are we really celebrating today? what jesus resurrection but many people this is a holiday that's mysterious this is a holiday that that kind of cloaked and and really not well known and so this morning as we talk about the resurrection that there was a tomb that jesus was put in but he was only renting for a couple nights Because he was done with it and no longer to be used. And the whole story, the whole purpose of this story, it's not about a good man who came to the world to teach us good things. It was about God coming to earth to take dead people and make them alive. And so this morning, as we look at this, I really want to dial into why do we celebrate the resurrection? Why do we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Christmas, we celebrate his birth. And many people do that, and it makes sense to them. Okay, a great man was born. But for so many, today is such a mysterious day. What's the point of celebrating his resurrection? What is resurrection? What does this all mean? And so if you're a believer here this morning, we need to know what this means so that we can share it clearly. And if you're not a believer here today, I'm going to try to share it with you in a way that I believe the Holy Spirit can reveal to you absolutely what he wants you to know. And maybe even today is the day that you come to know him as your Savior. And so before we do that, I want to precede his word with prayer. I want to ask him to speak directly to every one of our hearts and help us to know him well and to understand his truth for us today. Father God, you are worthy. You are awesome. You are wonderful. As as I was watching the sun come up, and just the reminder that you created the entire universe, and in this huge universe, um, you had this one uh, little galaxy, and in this galaxy, uh, you had a solar system, and in that solar system, you had a little planet, a little rock of a planet called Earth, and on that little rock of a planet called Earth, you you came out of heaven and you became a man, and you lived a perfect life, and you died on a cross. And you rose from the grave. And this is a story that you shared with us you didn't keep hidden. So that we can know why we're here. Where we came from and where we're going. That we can have certainty about life. We can have peace about life. And we can have hope for the future. And so, Lord, as we come to this topic of, of the good news of the resurrection, Lord, I pray that I wouldn't get in the way. I pray that our minds wouldn't be distracted. I pray that thoughts that would pull us away from this moment would be cut off and only thoughts that are focused on you would reign in our minds. And, Lord, as we think about this and we consider who we are on this planet at this time in our temporary nature, that one day we will die, that, Lord, we would have assurance of your resurrection and our resurrection because of what you've done. Lord, I pray that you'd speak through your words. Help us to understand. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, we're going to look at quite a few passages uh, dealing with the topic of resurrection. But to understand resurrection, you have to know the context of where it's coming from. Why is there a resurrection? And so to find the context, we go to a book. uh, We call it a library of books. That's what Bible means. And when you go to the Bible, it's divided into 66 books. And in that 66 books, we divide it again into two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the beginning, we had this perfect relationship with God. But yet through this sin that we, we decided that, you know, God, your way sounds good, but I think there may be even a better way. Maybe you're hiding something good from me. Maybe there's something better out there. Maybe I can figure it out and I don't need your help. Uh, maybe uh, your way isn't the best way, and Adam and Eve decided that that's but they would choose. And because they chose that, sin entered the world. And the Bible says, through one man, sin and death entered the world. And this is a disease worse than COVID. This is a disease that brings death to everyone who has it. This is a disease that you're born with. This is a disease that's spread not even just to humans, but to the world and universe we live in. That it's cursed because of sin. And, and we live in this state of sin. And it, 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 it happens so quickly. If you read the Old Testament, it says uh, first they, they didn't eat of a fruit, and then a brother kills a brother. And then after a brother kills a brother, then God looks at the earth, and, and every human on the earth, every thought that they have is wicked continually. So sin escalates and grows and, and is really a terrible, horrible Thing. it's really the, the root of all terrible horrible things it's the mess that has made the world so messy it makes your relationships messy it makes your finances messy it makes your health messy every issue that you stress out about every issue you struggle with in life its root cause is sin and so sin has distorted everything about life and the old testament teaches us god's plan of coping or dealing of uh, bringing solution to the issue of sin And so it begins that that he wipes the whole earth clean, except for Noah and his family says, look, I really need you to understand who I am. And he establishes a relationship with a man named Abram, and he says, through you, I'm going to make a great nation. And Abram has a son, Isaac, who has Jacob, who has Joseph, and the nation of Israel is formed. And, and God makes a promise to the people. He says, one day I'm going to bring somebody, the Messiah, a suffering servant, a lamb who would be slain, the one that would pay for your sin, who would who would cleanse your sin to take away this disease, the cure, uh, the one that would bring new life and a different life, not the old fleshly dead life, but an absolutely brand new, twice-born life. And so the Old Testament tells us that we are lost in our sin. And we're told that after Joseph Uh, brings the people to Egypt, God raises up a man named Moses, and Moses brings the people out of Egypt. And as they come out of Egypt, they begin on their way to the promised land. And Moses goes up into the mountain, he meets with God, and God gives him ten commandments, or ten laws. And later we learn that those ten laws are to reveal our failures. Those ten laws are to help us to understand that we are broken vessels. The ten laws are are to show us that we are not like God. We are imperfect. We are sinners that need a savior. And so we are broken under the law. We are condemned under the law. The law says I am guilty of this disease that should separate me from God forever. My eternal purpose is to be in relationship with my creator in a loving, beautiful, amazing relationship. But sin has destroyed that. And because I am full of sin, and none of us in this room have experienced a day without sin, sin. You've never known life without sin. It's everywhere. It's around us. It's in us. It's our nature. And so it's there, and it needs to be dealt with. And so this is a major problem. And so Paul is trying to communicate this to people, and he's trying to tell them, here is what we're here to tell you. This whole idea of Jesus dying on a cross and raising from the dead, here is what that's all about. And so if you would turn or look on the screens at 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 6, here's what it says. For what I have received, meaning he got this information, he met with Christ, uh, and he was radically transformed. I passed it to you of first importance that Christ died for our sin according to the scripture, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And that he appeared to Caiaphas and then to the 12. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. And so Christ came to earth. He never sinned. He lived a perfect life. He was tempted every way we've been tempted, but he did not sin. He was the pure vessel. And, And we recognize that that led him to a place that he chose. It was the cross. He was led to the cross. He chose to go to the cross. One of the lyrics in the songs we sang is he chose the cross. He took the cross. He made the decision to take this cross. This was was an implement of death. This was something the government used to, to lord over the people. If you mess with us, you will go to this and be put to death. It was an instrument made for man. And yet God made flesh chose it as an instrument that would bring us life. And so through his death, his burial, and his resurrection, he established something new. The law had always been there. The law had condemned us. The law said, you're guilty. The law said, I'm guilty. The law says, I can't have a relationship with God. I'm separated. But through the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, he opened a door for us to have relationship with God. We call it Grace. It is by the grace of God that we have hope and salvation. You see, there's a really big problem, and here's the problem. If Jesus did not raise from the dead, guess what? We're all hopeless. If this event 2,000 years ago that we're celebrating today all over the earth didn't happen, we're all hopeless in this room. There's not a single hope we have. None of us are good enough. None of us are smart or or powerful or, or capable of dealing with death defeating death, dealing with the consequences of sin. Paul knew this. He wrote it to us. He said in Corinthians 15, 14, And if Christ is not raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are are that found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God, that he raised Christ from the dead. But if he did not raise him, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead did not raise, then Christ did not raise either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sin. Today, Paul is saying, now if you don't know Paul, he wrote almost all of those New Testament books. He tells us more about Jesus than any other person that's ever lived. And here's what Paul says. He says this event of Jesus coming back to life is the single most important event in all of human history. And if it did not happen, our lives are worthless. There is nothing. It doesn't matter if you get that car, that boat, that raise, that job, that position, that preference in front of your name. It doesn't matter what you do in this life. It doesn't matter what relationships you have. It doesn't matter what you retire with. It doesn't matter what you know. It doesn't matter how good you're at something. It doesn't matter how many people like you. It doesn't matter how many people follow you. None of those things matter. Nothing matters. Literally nothing matters if Jesus did not raise from the dead. Nothing. Our lives are but vapors of nothingness if Jesus did not raise from the dead. That's how significant this issue of the resurrection is. That is how important this issue of the resurrection is to Jesus' followers. Life without a Savior is the worst possible life. Life without a Savior is the worst possible life. But there's an answer. That's terrible news. That's horrible news. I don't like that news. None of us likes that news. But without the bad news, the good news doesn't really make sense. And here's the good news. Romans 6, 8 through 14. Now, if we die with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. If you are his in death, if your sin has been put upon that cross because you said, I believe that Christ, you paid for my sin. I believe that it is true, the lies, the deceptions, the lusts, the selfishness, the pride, all those things that I've lived with, all those things that I've nurtured, all those things that I've followed, I believe we're on that cross with you, and you paid in full all of them. And I trust it with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, and all of my strength. That you have saved me and set me free. Not because I'm a good person. Not because I solved the problem of my sin. Not because I was the answer to my sin. But because you were the answer to my sin. And I am trusting you by faith. Giving you my life. Believing you to be my savior and my lord. That I trust that all of human history. Everything that has happened to this point. Was about you coming to save us. So that we could be yours eternally. That is what this room is for. That is what all churches are for. That is what groups who gather like this are to discuss. What do you believe? You see, it's one thing to hear this story. I guarantee you, everyone in this room has heard this story. You've heard about Jesus going to the cross, you've heard that he was whipped and and tortured and spit upon, and he carried this cross. You've seen people wear crosses, you've seen churches with crosses, you've seen this before. But the Bible says even Satan knows all that stuff. It's not about knowing a fact. It's about believing a truth and receiving a gift. And he says, if you're willing to confess and believe, if you're willing to place your life and and see yourself on that cross with me, then, and only then, by confession and belief, will I wipe your sin. And on the moment of judgment, you are no longer sick. On the moment of judgment, you are no longer guilty. On the moment of judgment, you are no longer lost. You've been saved. Now, what does this mean? You know, I'm I'm a human. I still sin. You know, Christ said that he passes our sin as far as the east is from the west. And that our sin is dealt. It is finished to tell us that. I have dealt with your sin. Your sin is cured because I gave you a heart transfusion. You are dead spiritually, and I have given you my heart, and I've given you my blood, and my body has been broken, so yours doesn't have to be. This morning, Jesus died on a cross, he was put in a tomb, he rested on Sabbath, and he rose on the first day of the week. I once heard a sermon about how Jesus had built his will. We all talk about our wills. We think about those who are coming in front of us, those who are coming behind us. We talk about what am I going to leave for them? What am I going to leave for them? Well, Jesus said, I'm going to leave them eternal life. I'm going to establish my will. I'm going to establish what I have accumulated, which is my perfect life. And my sacrifice on the cross. And I've established all those things. And then he died. And then he came back to make sure that his will was fulfilled. Amen. That every man and woman on this planet, listen, every one of us in this room, this is available for yeah. The worst possible thing I can think of is hearing this message, dying, and meeting the God who loved you to die for you and saying, I just didn't think it was important. Just really didn't connect with me at that moment. Life is but a vapor. Nothing is guaranteed. None of us know that moment we pass from this life to the next. Jesus is saying the one thing you can't solve is death, and I'll solve it for you. But I need you to confess, I need you to believe. And if you're willing to confess and believe, here's what the amazing truth becomes a reality in your life. 1 Corinthians 15, 54. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because that you know that what you labor in, the Lord is not in vain. Jesus gives us victory so we can stand together on something that will not shake or break. There's no inflation in God's economy. Did you know that? There's no viruses that destroy an economy in God's economy. There's no flawed political people that destroy God's economy. There's no housing market bubbles that destroy God's economy. When you commit yourself to Christ, you actually commit yourself to something much stronger than anything this world offers you. If you're putting your faith in this government, the dollar, your retirement, Those are shaky ground. The Bible calls it sand that will be blown here and there and will never last. What a beautiful thing today we get to celebrate the fact that our Savior rose from the grave to give us life. Give us life eternally. Give us life tomorrow. Give us life to share with our children. Give us life to share with our grandchildren. Give us life to share with our neighbors to give us abundant life that we can build our entire lives on and never be disappointed. Is it easy? No. Is it full of challenges? Yes. But the beauty of it, in the middle of those challenges, he's right there with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He will walk with you through the valley and sometimes he'll pick you up and carry you through the valley. But my question this morning is, do you know him? Do you know him as your Lord and Savior? Or do you know him as a symbol, a group of people believe in, people gather and sing songs to? Do you know him as your Savior? Do you know him as your Lord? Today, if you wanna do that, we've been given clear instructions on how to apply his resurrection truth to our lives. First, I repent. I can remember when I was 16 years old and God said, make a decision, Mike. You've heard this message. I've spoken to you clearly. See, God, when he talks to you, he talks right to your heart and you can't deny it. And he spoke directly to me and he said, Mike, make a decision. Who will you serve? Will you repent and believe or will you reject and be stubborn and try to make your own way through this life? That was what was at stake. And so to repent is to, to hand over your life To to recognize, I'm sorry, I've walked the wrong way. I've done the wrong thing. I've worshiped myself and not you. Once you've repented, then you receive and believe. I believe that this moment, if I was to die at this moment, I would be in heaven with my Father eternally. I look forward to his return. That is a truth. It's not a hope or a a wish. It's an absolute. I'm more certain of that than I am that the sun will rise tomorrow. Because I know the one who makes the sun rise tomorrow. And he's made this truth very clear that if I confess and believe, he will save. Once you've made this decision to belong to his kingdom, then you join others and you say, look, I want to learn and grow and mature. You know, the God of the universe, he created this amazing universe. Everything in it is connected. And how the plants grow is how we grow spiritually. We need to be watered. We need to be nurtured. We need to be other around other plants that are similar to help us grow. Everything's interconnected. If I'm unhealthy here, I'm going to be unhealthy there. We all need to commit to belonging to his body. If you're a believer, you should be baptized and you should be active in the body of Christ. That's what he created you for. That's why you exist. And as you make this commitment and as you take that first step and then you take the second step, you know what happens? You start to become the very person that you were created to be. There's so much confusion today about who I am. What am I supposed to be? God says, I will define that for you. I will give you such clarity that there will be without uncertainty. You will absolutely know who you are and what you're to become. And so you begin that process of him taking some things out and adding some things, loving you and disciplining you, loving you and showing you truth, loving you and giving you understanding." But there's one thing that I think is the most amazing thing, and today it reminds me of it so much. You live in victory. You watch, you can hear news about what's happening around the world, or what's happening in our economy, or what's happening with a disease, and you still feel victorious. You still feel like you know the future is set. You live in victory. You live in truth. The victory isn't based on what happens in the world around you. It's something that's already happened within you. Victory is not something you obtain. It's something that's been given to you. And you hold that victory, and that victory becomes how you start every day and how you finish every day and how you treat people and how you live your life. You live in victory because you have been set free and you're no longer a slave to sin and you're no longer a slave to death and you're not worried about what's going to happen next because you know who's in charge of what happens next. That's what he offers you today. John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. The question for us this morning, the question for me and you, do you believe this? What do you believe today? What does the resurrection mean to you? Whatever it is, whatever God is telling you at this moment, I would encourage you, Commit to what he's telling you to do. Make a plan. Build friendships. Organize your life around the things of God. And then when the day comes, when this life is over, you'll be welcomed in as one of his children, waiting for you to come home. And he'll say, I love you. And he'll hug you. And he'll say, I've been waiting, waiting, watching.